0: God. Uh, with the Dominican Order, and I was at St. Peter's Catholic Church in downtown Memphis, and right across the street from me was Father Ben at Calvary, Episcopal, and we became friends with the whole river, you know, the tiger river running between us, <laughs> he obviously convinced me that the other side of the river was better, uh, I am now at um, Seminary of the Southwest in Austin, Texas, to receive my diploma in Anglican studies and will be received as an Episcopal priest uh, in June of next summer. And I bring greetings to you from Carrie Duncan. I know. i got to tell her what a nice uh, response that was. When I told her, I I went to her last Sunday. We're at the St. Field Ed Parish in Austin. And I said, Carrie, I'm preaching in your diocese this weekend. She goes, oh, really? Where? Well, once I said Chapel of the Cross, she. I'm just going to tell you, she was a little excited. And then I got to speak with her husband a couple days ago, and he was pretty excited too. So greetings to each of you uh, from Carrie, and it truly is my honor uh, to be here with you uh, to share the word. It was just a few days ago, um, as I was preparing to preach, I received a call from my mother, who is 88 years old and lives in an independent living place in the Dallas area, and she asked me how to get rid of ants. And uh, that would have been my father's job, but my father is no longer living. Uh, And what my father probably would have done, and he didn't have a way to do it, he would have gone to the Yellow Pages right, and looked it up. The Yellow Pages back in the day, I'm sure there are some people looking at their mom or dad and ask, what are Yellow Pages? Uh, You could find, whatever you needed to get rid of, you could find a way to do that. But we don't use the Yellow Pages anymore, we use the... Computer and we Google it. So I sat down to Google, how do you get rid of ants? Came up with a couple solutions. I called my mom, gave her a couple of ideas. I'm not sure if it worked. She didn't call me back, so I'm assuming it did. But the interesting thing that I found was when I put in how to get rid of, and I put the letter A, there were several words that came up. You know, the number, it, the number one was not ants. The number one was acne you, um, The number one, so I, now I've been curious at this point, right? You've got to be careful on the computer when you get curious, you know. <laughs> but I put in B, I replaced A with B, and the first word was bedbugs. And I'm not going to tell you every letter of the alphabet, worry, <laughs> But I found the interesting ones be because it kind of shows you where we are as a society. A was acne. Um, D was double chin. E was eye bags. And F was fat, so that says a lot about who we are as a society. That the number one thing we want to get rid of has to do with us, right? The last thing I'm going to tell you is the letter H, and it was hiccups. But I also have to tell you that in that list of H words, this husbands. <laughs> so, ladies, I'm going to tell you: if you want to get rid of your husband, the church would frown on you. Going on the internet to get rid of your <laughs> husband. It made me, the reason I was doing this, the reason I'm sharing this story is because it made me think of the kind of the context of the gospel today. Jesus is talking about light and darkness. So I was curious if, if I put in the letter D, which was the double chin, if the word darkness would ever appear and it did not. Fascinating, because you know, since the beginning of time, we've struggled with darkness. We've wanted to do away with darkness. Thank goodness for the invention of electricity, where we can flip a switch and dispel the darkness. And even before that, building bonfires and carrying torches and whatever we would, could do to dispel the darkness. Many of you may have been scared of the dark as a child. I was petrified of the dark. Literally, I would never, ever, 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 ever walk into a dark room without first putting my hand, and many of you may have done this, put around the corner to flip the light switch on, right? Well, I also had a brother who was four years older than me. You know what I'm going to say next. Quite often when I would put my hand on that light switch, his hand would go on top of mine. Yeah, you think it's funny. It wasn't very funny back then. I would have my parents come home from a church meeting or a bridge club meeting, and every light in the house would be on. Every single light, my mother would say, John, seriously, do you need every light on in the house? And I was probably, I'm not going to tell you how old I was, but I was up there. Uh, Yes, I do. I need every light on in the house. Hmm. That's a perspective from a child, though. I'm going to share a story with you, just briefly, the perspective of light and darkness from an adult. This story took place in 1865 in Petersburg, Virginia, in the middle of the Civil War. The Battle of Petersburg, was a pretty famous battle, it went on for a while. In this cold winter's night, there was, it was late in the evening and there was no fighting. I suppose it makes sense that they wouldn't be fighting in the dark of night, because they couldn't see. So He had the Union soldiers on one, the Confederate soldiers on the other side of the line. And the Confederate soldiers started lighting bonfires, thinking they were far enough back from the line that they wouldn't be seen by the Union soldiers. And they lit bonfires. Let me tell you why they were lighting them. They had just received word that one of their general majors or major general, one of their favorite leaders, his wife had just given birth to their first son. And they loved this major general. It was George Pickering was his name. So they lit bonfires to help celebrate the birth of this new child. Well, what they didn't know is that the Union Army could actually, because it was pitch black, could see the fires from far off. They thought they were far enough away. But Grant, being the smart man that he was, was afraid to attack where the light was because it could be a setup. You know, we know where they are. We can go take care of business. But maybe it was some kind of sabotage going on. So what Grant did was send some soldiers over to the other side to do some spying, figure out why in the world they're building these bonfires, and they found out that it was to celebrate Pickering, the birth of Pickering's first son. So what do you think Grant did? He ordered all the troops on the Union side to build bonfires as well. See, no one knew that Grant and Pickering went to West Point together before the Civil War. No one knew that not only were they classmates, they were good friends. So instead of death and destruction, which of course we know what happens with the rest of the war, and losing so many lives, but what he did that night was make a conscious decision to build a fire that put off light to celebrate life, and to celebrate love. That's an incredible story. My friends, I think in our own spiritual journey, quite often we find ourselves walking in darkness, not so much because we chose that, but because of the circumstances we find ourselves in. Let me give you a few examples to help you along. Maybe there's someone here this morning, or maybe this is you in your past, or maybe you know someone who is in a relationship or a marriage that's not probably the most healthy. Not necessarily a bad marriage, but things aren't maybe where they should be. And we don't do anything about it, and things kind of perpetuate and extend themselves, and all of a sudden... You know, we find ourselves not necessarily by choice, but we're walking or living in darkness. Maybe there's someone here this morning who's had trouble forgiving someone, you know, holding a grudge. It's so easy to do. Yeah, we know. We know what Jesus says in the gospel, not just forgiveness and not just 70 times, but 70 times seven. We know what he says, but you know what? I just can't. I cannot forgive that person they're a family member or they're a friend and I haven't spoken to them in weeks or months or even years, but I can't forgive them. And we don't do anything about that, and then all of a sudden what do we do? We find ourselves walking or living in darkness. Maybe there's someone who's struggling financially. Not necessarily living paycheck to paycheck, but things aren't going the way you wanted. You'd rather be retired at this point, but you're not yet because you didn't plan your finances properly. And you become so focused on that and that becomes everything. You lose sight of everything else and all of a sudden you're walking in darkness. Maybe there's somebody at work or in your neighborhood who you don't really like. It's okay not to like them. My mother used to say to me, Johnny, you have to love everybody, but you don't have to like them. You know, but there's there's that one person who just gets under your skin. They may look different than you. They may act different than you. They may have a different color of skin than you. They may worship different than you. They may vote different than you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we allow that to become the focus. We do nothing about it. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves walking in darkness. Now, I've given you four examples. In One of those four or two or three or all four may resonate with you. Maybe none of them do. I would be willing to bet you can all come up with your own reasons of how we can all of a sudden find ourselves walking in darkness. But I also have a feeling that none of you made the conscious decision to do that. I mean, how many of us sit around going, you know what? I'm going to be in a bad marriage, I think, or a bad relationship. I think it's a good place for me. Or I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm really cool with not forgiving that person. I'm good with being there. Yeah, that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to hold a grudge the rest of my life. Or I don't like that person. Before it... we don't do that, but all of a sudden we find ourselves in those situations. So what do we do? What do we do with that? Well, I'm going to make a once again a couple more suggestions. And the first one is, you're here already, so you already know what the first one is. You made a conscious decision to come to church today. That's that's great. That's so important. In some ways, that's half the battle. But maybe we need to make a conscious decision to pray more, to read scripture more, to visit with our spouse or our religious leaders more, spiritual directors. There's lots of ways that we can make that conscious decision to create a bonfire or a light in our lives. You see, Jesus said in the gospel today, it's easy to get lost in the dark. Well, it's easy to remain that way if that's where we want to be. But if we don't want to be there, what do we do? Kierkegaard, one of the great Western philosophers, said that faith sees best In the dark. That's pretty powerful. Faith sees best in the dark. How many of you know Barbara Brown Taylor? Wonderful spiritual writer. An Episcopal priest. Is not an active priest right now in a church. But prolific spiritual writer. And her latest book is. Learning to walk in the dark. I just finished it. Really, really powerful book learning to, it's all about recognizing the context which where we find ourselves, whether we chose it or not, and knowing how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that we may be in darkness right now, but we need to walk towards the light. My favorite verse from scripture, absolutely my all-time favorite, is the first, is this the fifth chapter? It's, it's John 1, verse 5. It's at the very beginning of the Gospel of John. It says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Let me repeat that. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. My friends, darkness can never win. Ever. Ever. Ever what wins is light what wins is love the love of jesus that's what wins it cannot not win so when you find yourself and you will if you happen to be walking in the midst of light right now well man i let's talk afterwards that's awesome celebrate it but if there's something in your life whether you chose it or not and probably you didn't and you find yourself walking in the darkness it's okay you're going to make it out. Think about when you light a match in a dark room and it looks like a, almost like a spotlight. It's so bright. That light is at the end of the tunnel and it cannot be extinguished. That's your faith. So as you leave this holy place, this beautiful... By the way, I'm blown away by your chapel. Not only the people that fill the pews and your hospitality today, but the beauty of this place that is lit with God's light. As you leave this beautiful, bright place, you are going to a very dark world. You are going to a world that is starving for God's light. You are going to a world that is starving for God's love. Be a light bearer. As Jesus says at the end of the gospel today, walk in the light so you can become children of light. So as difficult as it seems sometimes, even if you may be in the midst of darkness yourself at times, go into the world, go into this world to share the light of Christ.